1: Hi, it's Dan. And I just want to thank everybody so far who's listened to the show. We have listeners from all over the United States and actually from all over the world. It's picking up speed. We're really, really grateful for those of you who are listening.
0: If you're listening to this message, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave a review. You can suggest possible titles that you'd like us to cover.
1: You could also follow us on Twitter, right? Our handle is at 15 minute film. That's at 15 five M I N film. And you could also support the show by making a small monthly donation through anchor. And the way that works is that um, when we get enough money, we'll start buying new equipment. We'll do everything we can to give you the best experience.
0: If you're willing to donate, we will call you and we will leave a recorded message on your voicemail or wherever you like. In any of the silly characters we've done on the show, including Bane, Sean
1: Connery, any others, any others that come up today? Dance Marlon Brando. I, I, I will leave you a voicemail that will be the greatest voicemail you've ever heard. Voicemail, Girl. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm Mike. So, welcome to 15 Minute Film Fanatics, a podcast where two friends sit down and talk about movies that they love. And tonight we're going to be talking about The In-Laws from 1979, Arthur Hiller's great movie written by Andrew Bergman. Um, And Mike, this was the first time you'd seen it, right? Yes. Now, this was actually Marlon Brando's because I just read the new biography of Brando. This was Brando's favorite comedy. He had seen it like 20 times and he had memorized whole parts of Alan Arkin's delivery.
0: Well, I I don't doubt it because this movie is unbelievably funny. And also what struck me is how modern it is. There's um, If you've ever seen the end of the first Avengers movie, sure. there's supposed to be kind of like an offbeat, almost curb your enthusiasm yeah. thing where they they go get the and restaurant, and yeah. together and they're, everybody's just cheating and eating. And in this movie, there's a great scene where Alan Arkin is trying to get away and Peter Falk is sitting at a bar and he's watching the television and there's somebody sitting next to him in the middle of the day and he goes, The driver, yeah. What's this show called? And the guy goes, the Price Is Right. <laughs> and they have I've a never whole, seen The Price Is Right. And they have a whole thing about the The Price Is Right, and that's just struck me as that that is
1: 2019 comedy in yes. 1979. That's a great That's a great great place. How long has this been on for? Since 1911. Um, well, not only is that you know now that's what's modern about it, right? But I think what's also great about it is that it's it's a it's got the classic setup for a comedy. You have this normal guy. Straight laced, it in, in gets thrown into a crazy world. So I was trying to think of other movies and other shows that are like that, right? So yeah, I thought about it like After Hours, mm-hmm. the Scorsese movie, um, Plane Trains Automobiles, you know, The Lady Eve, um, Seinfeld, of course, is all about this. And you texted me a very fun fact about this movie and its connection to Seinfeld.
0: I did. I was sitting watching with uh, my father, actually, and he, as he was passing the screen, goes, isn't that the guy from Seinfeld, Party of Four, who makes a guest appearance? Yes, so the, like guy the, Chinese, the Chinese food restaurant, the Chinese
1: restaurant uh, episode. So that didn't that I was when I watched it again. I'm like, why do I know that guy? But I couldn't place it. So kudos to you for doing that. So another movie I thought of was Bring the Baby, right? The great Howard Hawks movie, Cary Grant as the uptight guy who gets thrust into this world where. Catherine Hepbird is the Peter Falk character. And I know it's one of your favorite movies. We've never done an episode or talked about it. We haven't. But did you did you think of bring up Baby as you watch this? I
0: did. And one of the reasons I thought about it is because I think one of the things that makes certain films within this formula classic or plays within this formula classic is that we have an impetus for certain uptight characters not to return to their normal life. There are certain scenes where it's just Alan Arkin talking to his family and I can't stand them. I want to fast forward through them to get, to get Peter Falk back. And you think this is the thing that makes life interesting. I think part of the tension for some of those movies is for the person to get what they want, right? It's supposed to be denial of getting what they want. And then it turns out in the words of Mick Jagger that you get what you need, (laughs) but there's, a certain element to the comedy here where you don't want the guy from Bring Up Baby to get the dinosaur bone or whatever he's after because he's, he's having fun and he's falling in love.
1: And remember, he's engaged to, to, um, to uh, a drip.
0: Right. And the, the, the romance, the, the comedy here in this movie, The In-Laws, is truly the formation of a, a perfect comedy duo in Alan Arkin and Peter Falk.
1: Yeah, the bromance, you could say. Because, that's, because Peter Falk does the same exact job in this movie that Catherine Hepburn does of Bringing Up Baby. Absolutely. He get, um, and, and it's perfect. How great is it that Cary Grant is a um, paleontologist or whatever, his archaeologist, and that here Alan Arkin's a dentist, right? So they're both like, quote unquote, men of science who like things a certain way, who like to be organized, who are respected in their communities, who get thrown upside down by somebody from outside that community.
0: Dentist is is better. Yeah, the, there's the scene where the guy pulls his own tooth. I, I was going to say there's there's also a subgenre of these movies where bringing up baby is really about uh, Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant right. and and their chemistry. And I think one thing that makes this movie great is the ensemble cast and and all the performances. Uh, including uh, Ed Begley Jr. Uh, is on the phone as a CIA agent describing to Alan Arkin the, the deaths that the other partners that this guy has had uh, and th- their horrible, horrible deaths just with that straight Ed Begley delivery that he's still giving. He's uh, been on Arrested Development and plenty of other shows. Yeah, Hilarious.
1: All of their performances are great. Especially, you know, Peter Falk is the one you'd want to play He's, he, he's the great character. Um, but you watch Alan Arkin in those scenes, and you see, like, first of all, how did he not laugh? Like, how many – I can't imagine having to make it through the TT fly scene. Where they, 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 the they, pick, they pick them up with their beaks. Oh, excuse me, their beaks, and they <laughs> swat them with brooms. Like, how many takes did they have to do for that? I don't know. But his reactions are so good. When they're on the plane uh, – um, uh, why are we going over the ocean to get to Scranton, Pennsylvania? His deadpan is, is exactly what inspired you could see Jerry Seinfeld.
0: But the, the general, you know, when they uh, when they uh, get uh. on the ground and the new flag uh, <laughs> is is wonderful. Um, but you are told exactly what kind of world you're going to get into when the robbery's over and he meets Peter Falk on the roof. <laughs> and, you know, it's like he needs 1.5 mil by, yeah. by tomorrow or whatever. And then they're about to break up the party. The sirens are going And he he asks about his wife. He says she's taken up tennis. And Peter Falk says, I could never get into tennis. I think because you have to wear short pants to play. I don't know why that's so funny. But it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, but it's a whole great tradition of the craziness invades someone's world and how they react to it. Okay, I'll see you soon. Welcome back. In our second segment, we like to talk about a key moment or a scene. So, Mike, what was yours?
0: So, mine was when they actually land in the small island to the south of Honduras and they meet the general who's behind uh, the whole conspiracy, you know, which is, of course, a MacGuffin. It, it doesn't matter. It just, But there's a certain point in comedies where they start to fall apart. A lot of comedies are based on premise and it, it's like a rocket, right? It's just trying to get out of, out of uh, the atmosphere and into orbit. And then kind of they, they peter out. And I think that what makes The In-Laws great is that when you f- go to see The General, really the movie doubles down and just gets wackier and gets funnier. I don't think I laughed as hard as when they're walking down the hallway and Peter Falk goes, don't look at a scar and talk about the art. <laughs> and then as you're, as, as you're talking about the scar, uh, you could see that you start to see the art in the background. And, sorry. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the point there is that it, it's one of those comedies where you, I feel like I don't have to apologize g- giving the DVD to anybody, where it's like, mm-hmm. this premise is great. It has some funny scenes you're gonna like it but it never runs out of energy
1: that's a great point but movies are run right out of steam right you know like um like I don't know why I just thought of this out of nowhere. but stripes with Bill Murray it's hilarious until they get that basic training exactly. and then they have their first mission you know it's the same kind of thing so it doesn't run up this and double down is great you know we're, we should get bandanas we have no bandanas we're a very poor country I mean it's one after another and how about how about when they're having the car chase and it just keeps going over the divider <laughs> again we're doing this again like a car chase. In, in a traditional director's or writer's hands would be wacky and then would they do hit a fruit cart, right. not a Roger Ebert, they do hit a fruit cart, but they should be going all over the place, but he just keeps going essentially in a circle over and over. Um, so I thought that was great. My moment was, uh, you know, everyone knows, everyone who's seen this, you get admitted into a secret society where you could look at them and say, Serpentine, right? Like as soon as you walked in today, I pointed at you and said, Serpentine, Mike, Serpentine. Um, and that is that. Of course, is not only hilarious, but I think what's great about that is I love the moment where they have to run back and get the car keys, and and Alan Arkin has the keys, but he didn't run back the right way, so he has to run back and do the serpentine over again. And I think that's great for two reasons. One is that it shows you that um, that how nervous Alan Arkin is. That everyone, he's just screaming directions at him, and he's getting shot at. So okay, fine, fine. we've all felt like that. Like I don't know why I'm doing this. But it's also like it shows you how much like he's getting involved in Peter Falk's world.
0: I couldn't agree more. And again, this is one of those DVDs. This is one of those movies where I guarantee a good time. If you have not seen The In-Laws and you're just listening to the podcast, please do yourself a favor and just rent it on Amazon tonight. You will not be disappointed. How about the, The Flag?
1: Oh, it was great.
0: Yeah, and yeah, we so we didn't want this episode of the podcast to just be those moments that are great, but it, it really is. It really
1: is. Well, let me ask another another question now. We didn't talk about this beforehand, obviously, because that's the whole premise of the show. Was that, um, you know, I kept thinking of another movie, very unlike this in certain ways, but like in others, and I kept thinking about North by Northwest. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a guy who's got a boring life, Roger Thornhill has a boring life, right? And all of a sudden he has to become quote unquote George Kaplan and he, he kind of like grows into it. Now, of course, the, the joke is that he's Cary Grant, right? And Alan Arkin is not Cary Grant. No. But but um what did you make of that, you know, about Alan Arkin going into that world? How is it like Cary Grant? How is it unlike North Northwest? I think
0: that there is Less of a transformation, obviously, north by yeah. Northwest, as you said, because Cary Grant. It, it, if you if you did a lineup of five regular guys and one that was Cary Grant, you're like, which one is the secret agent, <laughs> the guy who flies around the world, yeah. and you know, oh, well, he like, must be the to guy secret, with the perfect suit. it goes to secret Italian parties. Um, I just thought that uh, that Alan Arkin's character becomes much more interesting yeah. in a way that Cary Grant doesn't have to become interesting because, because he already is because he's inherently interesting. It, my, my big If I have any problem with this movie, it's just I don't want to hear him talk to his wife on the phone about Beaujolais. And it's supposed to be, there's supposed to be a joke in that about how boring he is, but it just makes you scream to bring Peter Falk back because there's, there's cutaways to Peter Falk, like the scene in the bar that don't quite work the other way around, where you cut away from Peter Falk's act.
1: Action yeah, when, when it right? comes to Peter Falk's barbecue, it's really funny because Peter Falk is funny. And it's funny what you said about – you just made me think about not running out of steam. Another mistake the director could have made is to not have Peter Falk in it a lot, to kind of like be very, very you Sparing. Know, stingy with your – but he's in the – like there's not just one good scene where they have an argument. The whole movie is them arguing. The whole movie is them when he's like, "Um, you got to go with the flow. You get it? He's like, there's no flow. There's well, no flow.
0: There's the there's the scene where he's uh supposed to do the dental procedure on the old Jewish guy, <laughs> and he, he goes, uh you know, there's steaks that that yeah. is eaten. There's alcohol that's been over this tooth. This tooth, uh, tooth yeah. hasn't nibbled the ear of a second cousin of <laughs> Sophie Tucker. <laughs> uh, so the, those scenes are great. And again, I think. Draw on the strength of the ensemble performance, yeah. but there's nothing like the scene where then Peter Falk's character comes back to interrupt him at work, right? Which uh, which works even better. It's just five minutes. Record. I
1: just need you for five minutes. I just need five minutes, and it's great that like like you said before, all those scenes with him, you don't know what Peter Falk's going to do. How about when uh, when his son goes, "Oh, Dad has mysterious phone calls." He's like, what the hell do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. He's like, those, you little snotgals, those phone calls put you through college. That you're kind of like Alan Orkin, like, what the hell is going on? Right. And I think that the movie is, like you said, it, it, it's never sparing with that kind of stuff. There, there, there is a joke every 40 seconds. <laughs> Always be closing, Mike. Always be closing.
0: So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So in our third segment... We like to talk about the ending or the title or the key takeaways from the film. Dan, I know you want to kick it off.
1: Yeah, I love I love when they're descending from the helicopter, sitting on that little uh, bench with their tuxedos on. I think that what's great about the ending is it really is a happy ending. Like, you really are happy for Alan Arkin. And uh, I love when he gives his daughter the million dollars. And she goes, it's a million dollars. Oh, do you want more? And it's that um, he's fine with it. And it's not some schmaltzy thing where they hug each other. And Alan Arkin never says something like, you know, I've learned a lot about myself it's just it just works out perfectly. He adopts the Peter Falk worldview. You do get the sense that they're going to be friends, and and you've kind of like gone into a little adventure with them.
0: Yeah, I think that it ties back into what you said about the the Seinfeld connection, or talking about it as a modern comedy is that nobody cries and nobody learns, which is the, <laughs> right. that's
1: no learning, perfect. no hugging. That's no what they no said. Learning, no learning, no hugging, hugging. You know right. that
0: that there's a kind of stasis of, about the world, but it's really giving the people what they want. So what impressed me about this movie is they can lay the premise have all the gags and get everybody home. I, it feels in and out 90 minutes. It's maybe yeah. slightly longer, but it really is classic Hollywood comedy. Uh, and and just giving the people what they want. Yeah, and they,
1: and they get home in time for the wedding. And they get home in time for the wedding, which is great. And I and I love that even at the end when um Ark is trying to tell the story, he's like, well, about the money goes. Well, there was actually more. And Peter Fox says, "There's more to the story." <laughs> he got to say that about the, the money that they pocketed, like get ten. Yeah. and they split it five five,
0: and then they get, <laughs> they each give one kid one million.
1: Right, right, and that it all works out. They each get their million dollars. They're going to be fine. And it's um it it does let the viewer into that Hollywood fantasy world where you're like, well, that'd be kind of fun. Like going back to our dark Knight thing, like no one watches the dark Knight rises and says, I wish I were Batman. Right. But if you watch this, you're like, I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. If I knew I wouldn't die, like to be going on an adventure with Peter Falk, I would do that.
0: Well, when you're hanging out with Peter Falk and snipers are shooting at you, all you have to do is keep rolling. rolling, And and, uh, Alan Arkin goes, was he hit? And he goes, well, if he's not, he's doing a really good. memory."
1: Your first yeah, station. It's fine. If you could go into it knowing that, okay, that'll be fine. But um of course we don't always know how wacky things in life are going to work out, but it is it, it's a classic Hollywood feel good movie where you're genuinely ha- at least I was you're genuinely happy for Sheldon at the end of the movie and for his adventure and uh I don't want to get into something like well he's a better person now because he's learned more. Um there are people that say uh at the end of North by Northwest, you know, um Roger Thornhill's a better person because he went through the experience of being George Kaplan. Like I don't know, like he, you know, I, I think Roger Thornhill had about as much chance as getting Eva Marie Saint as he did at the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie on that train. Um, But it's a much bigger transformation for Alan Orkin.
0: Nobody cares. I mean, North by Northwest is about the nose, you know, it's, it's about Lincoln's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. nose. Yeah, and this uh this movie's about gags. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and it's and it's funny in a different. I know I keep pushing this, but it's funny in a different way than North by Northwest is funny. Like North by Northwest is, is I think it's it's one of my favorite movies, but it's it's amusing. You know there's no like big belly laughs in North by Northwest. um, but in this one, there are. and I think because that's I think that 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 it, it reaches our guts in a different way.
0: There are. And I think that a lot of them are are Alan Arkin reacting to Peter Falk in yes. a way that almost makes Peter Falk the straight man. You yes. know obviously the things like um the flies and and everything yeah. are are gags. But a lot of the comedy then becomes, let's see how over the top Alan Arkin can get in his reactions and for Peter Falk to just give it to him straight.
1: Yeah, like when, when Alan Arkin is getting sh- – when the guy's shooting at him and they're running around the taxi, yeah. like that goes on for 30 seconds longer than it should. And Peter Falk's in the bar for longer than you'd expect. The T.T. Fly thing goes on longer than it should. Like everything goes on just one beat longer, which like the Serpentine bit running right. back for the keys. That's it. And, and North by Northwest is perfect. It's a marble ride, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> see you next time. Hi, it's Dan. Mike and I are having a great time recording this show. I'm going to try to speak slowly now because I know I talk very quickly when I get excited about the movies. We're really, really grateful that people have downloaded the show, that they're listening to it, and I just want to remind everybody of different ways you could help out the show. First, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave us a review. That's really, really important. Another thing you could do is follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter address is at 15min film, and you could tweet us movie ideas, things you want us to cover on the show. That'd be really great. Another thing you could do is that on every episode description, there's a link to the show's website on Anchor, and you could leave us a voicemail. So if you don't want to go on Twitter, you want to leave us a voicemail, that would be great too. And also on those um, Anchor descriptions, you can get a link to support the show by making a small monthly donation. And if you do that, Mike and I are going to wait till we get enough monthly donations and we want to buy more equipment. We're not going to do any money laundering or go on any uh, exotic trips. We just want to try to get the best equipment we can so the show can sound the best that it can. We're really having a great time doing this. It's really taken off. So thank you to everyone who's listened and give us some movie ideas. Bye-bye.